Welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Graham, and I am excited about today's guest because you've already heard her voice. You know this woman uh, in your car, in your uh, maybe in your boat, wherever it is. But before I get to telling you who our guest is today, I want to just say thank you so much to everyone because the Resiliency Ninja podcast group is growing and I love hearing from listeners. So please connect with me at r-ninja.com. Please keep sharing and subscribing and all of that great stuff with the podcast because that's the only way it is going to get into the ears of the people who need to hear this message. And of course, we are here to serve small business owners, any size business owner actually, or high achieving professional who is committed to personal growth and development. And I'm here to give you the tools and inspiration so that you can be resilient every day and not let those obstacles you face get in the way of your success. So today's guest is the GPS girl. <laughs> she gives directions to a over a billion GPSs, smartphone phones, elevators, cruise ships, software applications worldwide. She's a professional speaker, which is how I met Karen, and we'll talk about that during this uh, our chit chat. She is a professional singer, a voiceover artist, and uh, she owns the empowerment brand, the GPS Girl, which was developed when Karen made the connection between directions in the car and directions in life. She's an Aussie, now based out of New York City, and Karen works with groups who want to navigate change powerfully. She is enjoying wide media coverage. A highlight has been being a clue. This is... <laughs> Incredible. I, I feel like, Karen, this is when one knows they've arrived. A clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle and where when Harry Connick Jr. called her hypnotic, a past president of the National Speakers Association New York City and as a national board member with a son who is absolutely adorable. That's not in the official bio. I'm adding that. Uh, and a global travel schedule she recalculates daily. Welcome, Karen. Well, hello. We got to meet in, I think it was Vancouver. Was that the first time we met at the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers Conference? It was at the Global Speakers Summit, which was held in Vancouver almost five years ago in 2013. And then we recently had a fortuitous, uh, wonderful couple of hours together about a few months ago. That's right, in New York, That's and right. I love New York, and sometimes when you go to these big cities, it's really easy to get lost or be lonely or just be, you know, obsessed with the conference you're speaking at, and so I put it out there and I said, who in New York wants to get together, and I sent you a note, and we did, and we had a delightful afternoon together. We certainly did. <laughs> So actually, let's start there. I was going to start with the GPS stuff, but let's start there because before I came over to your, uh, your, your place, I was diagnosed, I got the test results from my doctor that I have an intolerance to dairy, goat's cheese, cow's milk, the whole kit and caboodle. And for, for anyone out there who loves dairy, you could imagine how much all of my resiliency ninja skills I had to, you know, go into hyperdrive because I was having a little freak out 
and then I go over to Karen and Karen, you changed my entire attitude. Oh, I'm so glad because I said it's easy to go dairy free. There's no problem with that. This is what you do. You buy this, you buy that, you do this, you do that. It's not going to be such a problem. <laughs> right. Because your family went vegan. We did. And it sounds like it's going to be oh so hard and oh my goodness, what do you do in this situation and that situation? But in the last five and a half years, I figured out a few ways to make that actually pretty straightforward. And uh, certainly over time, I didn't expect it, but I have a sub-brand now called GPS Vegan where I share this kind of information for people who want to be vegan or would just like to eat a little bit healthier and try a few things that are much more plant-based. So, so yes, we had a great conversation and I gave you all my tips. Yeah, well, I don't think all of them, but a lot <laughs> of them that helped me on my journey. And so one of the things we did that day was get your YouTube channel rolling. Yes, we sure did. We filmed the first uh, video. Um, Alison was all about, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. And we did. <laughs> but funny how sometimes just doing it makes it a lot easier than worrying about it, doesn't it? Yes, you know what? And that's something that I would say is a real practice and strength of mine is actually getting on with and taking action around things that I want to accomplish or create. And I understand there are times to have fantastic plans and be very detailed and think things through, but I really find the way I get things done is to just do them. Right. And now what, like, if we go back to when you were the GPS girl. I, I guess you're still the GPS girl, even though you've already done all the voiceover work, right? Or do Yes, they... I am. <laughs> I'm okay. still the GPS girl. Well, I recorded uh, for 50 hours to create that voice system. So it was a situation of having um, a huge script and 50 hours of of text to record so they could chop that up and create a voice system based on my speaking voice. And ultimately, that's ended up in over a billion GPS and smartphones and, and other devices, as we you mentioned at the front. Um, but from time to time, I do go and do updates and additional custom systems to, um, to you know, hook in with that system. So I am regularly still doing voiceover work and voice systems, but the, the whole GPS girl... Uh, brand and persona really is about self-empowerment uh, in much more than it is actually about me. Right. I totally agree. And when you started that, like the self-empowerment to stand up, become a voiceover artist, and then get the call that you're going to be doing this GPS. I want to talk about that moment when you realized you were going to get one of the biggest voiceover assignments well, here's the interesting thing is I knew that I booked this fantastic job and I was going to be recording over three weeks, no more than four hours a day. So my voice did not sound fatigued and it was a lot of work. Uh, so I, I booked that job. But when I finished that job, I came back to my life in New York City. It was recorded in Ithaca, New York. And when I finished, I came back to New York City to my life as a singer and songwriter and continued to write songs and perform and work in the entertainment business. It wasn't for two more years that I knew my voice had ended up in GPS devices. So 
when you say that moment when you booked it, there was it was really a series of moments of, oh, there might be something in this and, oh, my goodness, really? My voice is in cars? And then, oh, people are very excited about meeting me. They have developed a relationship with the voice in their car and they are speaking to me in a very familiar way as if I know them and telling me about all the wonderful trips we've taken together. You know, it was a series of, a process over a series of years before I really learned that it was, um, you know, my speaking voice was ultimately in millions and millions and millions of devices. Is that unsettling or is that empowering. I, I don't even know what that would be like for people to s feel like they knew you because they've heard you and you have been a part of their lives, but you're not a part of their lives. It is very, it was very, very weird. So, um, I found it to be such a strange thing. Um, because they would speak as if we knew one another. And, I mean, I've had people write, um, a little girl wrote a song in my honour. Um, I've had people say, uh, 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 another little girl wrote, a, wrote me a letter and she was, she was eight years old and she said, my name's, um, uh, she didn't tell me her name, sorry. She wrote to me and she said, uh, you know, you've been with our family for four years and we've taken lots of wonderful family trips together. Uh, we know your name is Karen, but we call you uh, Zoe after our pet bird who died. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've heard it all. You know, it's really been, <laughs> it's been an amazing, amazing um, ride. And I could look upon some of these things as a bit creepy and a bit weird or like they mean nothing, but there are people who really develop a relationship with that voice. And I chose to honor that really. And to be able to accept the really just the lovely interactions that are made possible by that. I mean, who does this happen to? It's very unusual. Um, but ultimately I realized that I could do something with this and actually make a, a difference or an impact and made that connection between directions in the car and directions in life and business and and be able to uh, share with people how to recalculate in their own lives. You know, I, I put together my lifelong love of personal development and being able to keep going no matter what and it just all fit together. I, it's, it's hard to explain it any other way other than it was a vision. Uh, and it made sense. And it was, I was very excited that I was going to be able to um, make something bigger than myself out of this opportunity. So this connection that you have created between the two worlds, which to me seems obvious now that you've created that connection. Tell me about how people responded. I am very pleased to tell you that uh, the number of, in particular, marketing or PR people who have just said to me, oh, my God, that's that's fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> right. And it, that, I have to say, that does always feel good when that happens. But it was it was somewhat of a vision and it just made sense to me. And I'm overjoyed that it makes sense to other people. And when you go in, like, what are some of your key 
things because people who are listening, you know, they're already successful at a certain level. And then have you ever found like you get there, you get the pinnacle and then you have the sensation of, oh, maybe that wasn't as fulfilling or maybe now I need that next thing. So how do people recalculate? How do you actually do that? I have a five-step process. And this is a process that can be used in a small recalculation or a navigating change in a small way during the day. You know, the, an appointment is cancelled or your um, train is delayed or cancelled or something like that through to, you know, a major uh, office or business change, a major life change. So the five directions are to, number one, notice you are off route. Mm. Simply by noticing and acknowledging and admitting it to yourself, that's the key point right there because that's the moment you can start doing something about it is to acknowledge it. So to notice you are off route. The second direction for recalculating is to be willing to change direction. And willingness is important because you really cannot make somebody do something they don't want to do and that applies to ourselves as well. So you've noticed things aren't going the way you want them to go. And now you're really going to be willing and open to doing something different or taking a different action or taking a look at it at all. The third direction is to clarify your destination. Because if you've seen that you've gone off track in some way, it's time to look back at that direction you're headed or that destination you are going for or thought you were going for because new information may have come to light. So you, you can now clarify, is that still the outcome I want with this business project? Is this still the place that I, I think I want to go? Or has that changed? Has technology come along or has there been some kind of disruption in my industry that means that that goal or destination or outcome in my business is no longer relevant? Um, or am I still headed where I thought I was and I just was on a detour? The fourth direction for recalculating is to embrace the steering wheel because once we clarified that direction, that destination, and figured out, yes, this is where we're headed or actually we're course correcting, we're going somewhere slightly different or very different, is embracing the steering wheel is about getting ourselves ready or geeing ourselves up to go for it. Sometimes there's that moment of taking a deep breath and going, okay, here we go. And to really uh, actually physically do that. And then the fifth direction for recalculating is to accelerate. And that's all about action. And ideas are wonderful. I'm a creative person. I love ideas. However, action is where it's at. And any you know outcome I've had in my own life is as a result, a direct result of action I've taken. Which of those do you think is the most difficult for people? Well, hands down, number two, being willing. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. For Interesting. Sure. For sure. Because, because if, if you, by the time you notice, like you notice that something's not going well on any level in our lives or in our businesses, we can kid ourselves for a long time that this is just the way the market goes or, um, that personality in my team, you know, people, you know, we're providing training that's going to sort itself out or that person's going to leave eventually. Like we can make excuses and reasons for ourselves for a long time, tolerating um, unfortunate behavior or practices or conditions. But 
if we are like very quickly after noticing that things are not going the way you want them to go, if you immediately, you know, make this deal with yourself, okay, I'm open, I'm willing. I'm willing to look at this from different perspectives. That's going to save a lot of headaches in the long run. And the blame game, which you brought up. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, right. And do you see that happening in, like, I know you're leading a team, we're going to get into that as well, and doing retreats for, uh, well, who are the people who are going to your retreats where you might be working through some of this work with them? Right now, um, my, my retreats, the two retreats I have coming up are for women. So they're for smart women who want to create a life worth living and a business worth building. Mm, a life worth living. That's right. Because purpose is and, and meaning is a topic that can come up. You know, somebody has achieved and accomplished some things by a certain point in life and maybe discovers they are still not happy and wonder, well, why did I work so hard to even get where I got? Because, you know, what does it all mean anyway? Right, so I then, got there and then <laughs> I'm yeah. not happy. Well, exactly. I thought it would make me happy. I've got the money or I've got the, the status or any, any you know, of the trappings of successful business life or um, personal life, but something is not feeling like I'm really doing what I'm here to be doing. Have you personally ever had that feeling? You know, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to become a professional singer and move to America. That was very, very clear from the age of seven. I saw Olivia Newton-John on TV and I, no kidding, knew that that was what I wanted to do with my life. So that was my singular focus for a long, long time. I think it is more so that I felt just very, very excited when I made that connection uh, between the GPS in the car and the GPS, your, your own inner GPS in life and recalculating in life, and that I could have this much bigger impact than I ever thought or knew I could have only through my music. So that, that was very exciting. But to answer your, your, your direct question, have I ever had that feeling of, you know, more, wanting more meaning and purpose and being clearer about that? I've actually been in a, an inquiry about that recently. Not that I don't have plenty of purpose and meaning in what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm looking at like the next level of what that means for me in terms of, you know, what is my, what is that singular legacy? What is that major big picture outcome that is, is my life's work? And perhaps something that is aligned with not just your voice talent, but all of your talents, right. right? Like some would say that there is arguably you already have a legacy. Right. And right. yet you have so much more to offer than the impact of just your voice is having on the world. So I can see how almost from the outside looking in, it's like you've achieved this huge, wonderful thing and you have been on the stages and sung and I've seen your videos and you have a talented son and you're doing all this great work. And there's a longing for impacting more, even more people on a more intimate level. Is that what you're saying? I think it's, um, that's a piece of it. But for example, 
you know, I have a friend and she is about educating the, the le- next generation of leaders of the world. Okay. I have another friend and his commitment is for the sanctity of children in the world. And very, very specific, big global games. Mm. So that is where I'm looking at, you know, and empowerment is for sure a piece of it and connection is absolutely a piece of it. And, you know, I... I absolutely love to help make people's dreams come true. I love making dreams come true. I'm like a dream genie. That's my that's my bag. It's like let's let what do you want to accomplish? Let's answer that question and then let's create a path for you to get it and create it. Like that really excites me. Hmm. I like that. The dream genie. The dream genie. And the path, and then you're, so it's one thing to create a path, but as you've already said, you need to be able to recalculate. That's right. So that you that can path. actually keep going to get to where you want to go. Awesome. So one of the things I know you uh, have added to your repertoire is you've started an Arbon business, or I think I you're have. a little bit past starting. You've been <laughs> at it for a while and have. having some success. So tell us about that decision. Well, Arbon is a, uh, an internet based uh, company with it's a health and wellness, healthy living company with an incredible range of very clean, pure, safe, beneficial products. Those go across nutrition and skincare and makeup and hair and a baby line and a men's line and all kinds of personal products. And I came across this company from the the perspective of being a consumer. And I had spent a lot of time reading labels, learning um, in terms of health and recalculating uh, my own home and healthy home to get the toxins out of the products in our house and the products we were using on and in our bodies. And I came across Arbonne and I was extremely excited about this range because all of the products are vegan and gluten-free and kosher and non-GMO and non-toxic. There are over 2,000 ingredients not in the Arbonne products. So I didn't come across the company thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be another part of my business model. It was, I am, these products are vegan, I'm vegan, I'm looking for a range of products I can use in my home and with my family. And I ordered makeup and hairspray and started to freakishly love these products because I'd spent a lot of time and money buying products that did not do the job that were clean. And it it wasn't long afterward I thought to myself, this is everything I'm about. It's about empowerment. It's about, um, you know, creating a life you love and then having the health and lifespan and quality of life and energy to live and create a life you love and so much to do with empowerment. And, um, you know, I've decided to build my own team and I absolutely love my Arbonne business and the people that I work with every day. And one of the main parts for me is offering this 30 days to healthy living program, which is an extremely uh, effective uh, 30 day, you know, way of recalculating your health. When you started 
Okay. I'm, I'm, all right. No, I want to go in both directions. So first thing I want to talk about is the cal recalculating your health and how important a 30-day reset can actually be. Like what kind of results do you see in people and how hard is that for somebody to do? Someone has to be willing, number two, on the directions for recalculating. Oh, right. The hardest <laughs> part. <laughs> That's right. But many people have already noticed that they are off route in the health stakes. They may be pre-diabetic. They may have weight they want to lose. They don't have the energy they want to have. Um, they just don't feel good. So that, uh, that is common. But then it's the piece of, okay, I'm actually willing to do something about it. But the kinds of results I've seen, and it's a very practical program and really quite simple to follow with a tremendous amount of support in an online group and that comes with the kit and it's extremely well-priced. And every single person I know who's completed the program has had amazing results. Every single person. For, from one, one of my clients who within two months lost and has kept off 25 pounds and another client who was drinking 10 cups of coffee a day and was really resistant to the idea of removing caffeine for 30 days and ultimately got down to one coffee a day and then to none and took a break from coffee for the first time in decades. Is uh, coffee bad for us? Have we determined that? I am not a health professional. However, this 30-day program takes out six major allergens for the 30 days to really do, as you said, to give the body a reset. And removing caffeine is, a, is one of the six allergens, known allergens, um, that can then let the body do all kinds of fantastic um, re-energizing and be able to naturally wake up rather than needing to wake up with coffee, etc. So um, that's another of the results. But the education, you know, the people I, who, who thought they were eating in a healthy way and then they'll do the 30 days, they'll be like, I had no idea that this product or that ingredient wasn't agreeing with me. I'm actually gluten intolerant, but I was eating so many processed foods. I, I, my stomach was upset all the time and I just thought that's the way life was. So it's, it's, there's a lot of education with it and I find that actually part of the most gratifying um, you know, those are the most gratifying outcomes when people really make it, it affects lasting change in the choices that they make willingly going forward. What? Okay. So I'm going to encourage people if they're feeling that, then they might want to get in touch with you and find out more about that opportunity. What about having a business that is a different business model than you're used to, right? So when you sell speaking, when you sell voiceover work or you're hired to go in and perform for an event, it's a different type of business model than having an Arbon business, which is more network marketing and team development. Uh, what, how have you found the differences in those two? I actually think a lot of the skills to be successful in those two businesses are the same. And it's, there's a lot of structure with, uh, a you know a social marketing company like Arbon, which is so awesome because there there are just steps to follow the the previous 20 years of business i figured out on my own following my nose so to have a structure to follow i find to be very enjoyable but all business is relationships now i'm not a relationship speaker so to speak i speak about navigating change but i'm here to tell you that relationships they say relationships are everything because they are 
And when you are really naturally interested in other people and what they're up to and what they want to accomplish, um, this is you know, one of my favorite parts about life is talking to people about their dreams and what they want to accomplish. And I find that having a, a business like an album business, I'm in contact with a lot of people in, you know, across my personal life, as well as my business life, as well as, you know, gym owners or personal trainers or makeup artists or health professionals, whom, whomever it may be. It's all around looking at like, how, how can we make an impact? And how could we make that impact together? And the speaking business, you know, when I'm keynoting at a national event or an international event and I'm talking with the decision maker, really it's about impacting uh, lasting change for that group of people, for that audience. So there, there are themes that are very similar and the, uh, skill, the skill base is more similar than you might imagine. And was the... And I think that does make sense, the discipline that comes from it. I think sometimes, and I said this to you when uh, we met in uh, in New York, is that sometimes people underestimate that having a social selling business is actually also running a business. Oh, my goodness. It's This is not, this is not um, you know, I don't even have words for it. What it is, is a business. Right. I, I have, I can give you dozens of and know of hundreds of examples, um, thousands of examples of, you know, executives who have left large paying six plus figure jobs and built an online business and replaced that income in a period of time. And that is just, I mean, it's just smart. I'm actually of the belief that everybody every adult over 18 it would make a lot of sense for them to have a recurring income stream because that model makes so much sense um to have something to build that you can rely on those checks coming in every month while you are something purposeful it's having the right match but while you are doing everything else you're doing and for me it just made all the sense in the world to put that as a part of my business model and do you ever get discouraged with it? Like, have you had people say, oh, blah, blah, like whatever they might say? Oh, it's one of those things. And um, I, no, no, no. I, it's interesting because there are some people who I think would be amazing to have as business partners who are like, I'm no good at selling. And it's so funny that they've decided that about themselves when, you know, it's their, whatever their definition of selling is. And those people are often people who are, who, very naturally love talking to other people and have, you know, they're, they're just great people, the kind of people that I would think would be a great person to have on my team and to work with, but they have made a decision for themselves about themselves. So I think it's often misunderstood um, what the skill base is that's needed. And it's just really my own personal love of, love of these products and the fact that this CC cream that I use as my, as my um, foundation, I can't stop talking about, but because I feel like I just found one of the best things in the world, you know, it's like, yeah. it's natural. It's not, I'm not, and the same with the 30 days to healthy living. My husband's lost 30 pounds and kept it off after trying to lose that weight for a long time. And we found something that really works and it's wanting to be able to share, um, share that information with other people that, is the driver for me. It's, I want people to live longer and be healthier and have the energy they can to, to have an amazing life, not, you know, be burdened by the alternatives. So 
Um, it happens to also be a business, but it's very mission-based for me. And there's discouragement when people make decisions that they think they know what it is and why you're doing it. But that's life and that, that's going to happen anyway. And you have committed to pushing through no matter what other people are saying. Like it doesn't oh, impact you. Of course it impacts me. I, I can get really sad about it, more so for them than for me, though, I have to say. You know, um, I appreciate not everyone is willing, not everyone is ready. And, you know, they, there is something for them that a comfort or a decision or a choice and that is their choice and that I, I can respect. It's not my job to push myself on other people and I don't ever, um, I hope nobody ever feels that that's the way I'm approaching anything to do with my life or my business. But I am, I am the ultimate cheerleader wanting great things for everybody, for everybody, the people in my life, the people who aren't in my life, myself. Um, I was born an optimistic person and, and I, I'm here to share that. Mm, awesome. All right. I know we're running out of time, unfortunately. And the Resiliency Ninja podcast always ends with five rapid fire questions that generally aren't rapid, but they're, they, you can make them as fast as you want. That's what they're okay. called. Okay. Five rapid fire. Here we go. A book that changed your life. Oh, I recently read The Surrender Experiment, one of the most powerful books I've ever read. So oh, I love it. Okay by Michael Singer. Highly recommend it. I will add it to my list of reading. This is how I get my reading list is asking podcast guests about books. Uh, a time in your career when you pushed through fear. Hooey. Oh, there are just so many. Uh, <laughs> that's, oh goodness. Um, well, moving from Australia to America on my own with a suitcase and a dream, I knew I it was what I... we didn't talk about that. I, well, mean, it, I wanted it was, to bring it up, yes. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I, gosh, uh, always wanted to do, but actually getting to the moment of doing it um, was, was ex extremely nerve-wracking. Um, there are a lot of moments preparing my first keynote and then walking out and speaking, you know, to 500 people and sharing my recalculating message and having, you know, done that in smaller ways and, and practiced, but to actually walk out and, and do that and be a person who said, look, this is, this is what I think. This is how I think life can be easier. This is what I've learned and what I want to share with you. And that took tremendous courage and was massive. <laughs> moment of breaking through fear. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. Getting up and speaking is never an easy job. And the problem is, is that a lot of people are very judgmental about speakers and they don't need to be. But anyway, that's another topic. Well, that's uh, human nature too. But it's, um, it was that piece of who am I to share how I think like you, you could live your life? But when I realized that I only profess to be an expert on myself and my experience, I'm not trying to be an expert on anything else, that freed me up. Mm, love it. Okay. Uh, next question. If you could change one pet peeve on social media, what would that thing be? Huh. 
pet peeve on social media. I would remove uh, being able to tag video left and right. I think it's extremely annoying. I, when people tag you in their promotional posts? No, putting being able to not tag but to um, post videos. I know they pushed us to video, but I, I firmly believe the, the push to video has more so been um, around download speeds and costs uh, for the consumer, not to make it. It's just it's just created a different style of of experience in social media. I loved it when I could click on there and just read read words. So that, the, that the written art word is going by the wayside, I believe. And the thing is, is that a lot of us who love to write, it's a real problem because I love to write. Like I can get lost in writing for hours, and I, it seems I can write all I want, but people aren't reading. Right. So yeah. yeah, I would change that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then I'll give you one more of the questions. Uh, favorite empowering quote? Oh boy, oh boy. Um, I, oh goodness. I love the Marianne Williamson um she always has brilliance and i cannot even quote any of it to you you know our fear is um you know it's got the word adequate fear i can't even remember the quote you know the the, the one that was attributed sometimes to nelson mandela um it's uh it's our light not our darkness that we are most afraid of that particular quote Ooh, okay i'm pulling it up enough. i'm pulling our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. That's it the is, one. See, that, see, thank goodness you looked that up because I clearly didn't know that question was coming or have that in front of me. No, I, these are always trick questions, you know, at the end. But uh, people love them. I love them because it's great. And this is a really great reminder. So it goes on to say, it is our light, not our darkness, that it most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, Actually, who are you not to be? That's right. That's my favorite one. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now tell me where people can get a hold of you. Oh, please. Thank you for, thank you for asking that. Um, they can get hold of me at thegpsgirl.com. They can find me on Facebook, Insta, YouTube, everywhere at the GPS girl. I do love to connect on social media and on LinkedIn. And there are some videos, including the fabulous video with you at, um, on YouTube at GPS vegan, but yes, love to connect. Okay. Awesome. So I will be sure that all of those links are in the show notes. Hope you loved this conversation with Karen Jacobson, the GPS girl. Again, I'm Alison Graham, the host of the Resiliency Ninja podcast. If you love this, please don't forget to share it with someone else who needs to hear this message. And until next time, do not oh. let those. Oh, oh, yeah. Go you ahead. Have, you have reached your destination. Oh, I've got to say that. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye and then I'm going to let Karen say that again very thoughtfully to close out our show. Thanks for being here. You have reached your destination. <laughs> I love it. Fa Thank you for tuning in to Resiliency Ninja with Allison Graham. 
We are thrilled to have you as part of our community. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always connect with Allison at r-ninja.com and find important links to show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, embrace whatever obstacles come your way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.